Welcome to Women Tech Charge. I'm Amri Maffedon, your host, and I'm joined here today by Charmaine Chan at Lucasfilm slash ILM, which is Industrial Light and Magic. You will recognise Lucasfilm for the Lucasfilms, all the big movies. <laughs> if you don't recognise it, um, welcome. <laughs> Ever since a young age, I've been a huge Spice Girls fan. Very much girl power <laughs> since a very young age. I built a fan website. To me, representation absolutely matters, and it's so important. You know, that's what I love about technology, right? Like, it, it's ever-evolving. Your art is ever-evolving as well. Women in all these supervisor positions, they're here, and they're doing some of the best, biggest projects you can think of. There's definitely been a lot of exciting projects that I've worked on. I think one of the highlights was definitely working on Black Panther. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Brian Coogler, the director, was very adamant about making sure that his crew, cast and crew, were a reflection of society, so a diverse cast. So, you know, we've, we've done digital scans of actors. And, you know, the, it's always been, you know, uh, a point to make sure that these actors know what is happening with their digital doubles. I think the problem with a lot of the deep fake being used these days is there is no consent, right? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. You're working on this new project now at Lucasfilm, which won't be secret by the time this podcast comes out, called Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars TV series. I have never met a Mandalorian. I've only read the stories. 
what's exciting is that you know we've used all this new technology and this is the first time we're trying live action in a tv episodic format oh, awesome okay. yeah what is something that has been particularly difficult or quite new that we can look out for in episode one so the mandalorian is a cowboy western sci-fi episodic <laughs> we are following this bounty hunter through a whole bunch of different quests um, there are a lot of creatures, there's a lot of, you know, just, it's super fun. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. It has great comedic beats, um, and we're using brand new technology in it. There's not too much I can disclose right now about the technology <laughs> that we use, but it's, you know, it's a little bit of old school and it's a little bit of new school. Nice. And I think that's where visual effects really succeeds. You're, you're just going to have to watch and find out. <laughs> Charmaine, what is a lead compositor? Right. So I do visual effects for film and TV, and we basically create all those worlds and creatures that don't exist in reality and put them into those films that you see. As a compositor, I'm the one who takes all those elements, whether they be CG renders or the plates that you shoot on set, basically like green screen elements, uh -huh. and I kind of layer them all together and deal with lighting and um, effects and basically make that final polish image that so, you see. So you're like the person that removed, is it the moustache or the beard? Ah. In Superman. I mean, I personally did not work on that, but that is definitely one of the tasks that we get to do, yeah. which is like sometimes it's cosmetic from like <laughs> removing mustaches or like actually painting out little gray hairs on someone because oh, they, don't, wow. they don't want them to look old. Okay. Um, to the more extravagant things like a giant ship coming out of water for like Pirates of the Caribbean. What is the most random thing that you've had to do as a Ooh, most compositor? random thing? Actors appear very gorgeous and glamorous <laughs> a lot of times. They're not quite. Um, I won't mention specifically <laughs> whom, but certain actors may be shorter than we <laughs> I expect. I think we can guess what you're talking about. Um, okay. And quite often they have to, you know, stand on apple boxes or <laughs> wear heels. And I remember one of my first ever shots that I ever had to composite, I had to remove an apple box that this major big actor was That was one on. of your first things that you had to do. Yeah, when you're starting off, you get tasked with the little things <laughs> that, you know, most people don't want to do. And they shouldn't have to exist. If you're short, you're short. You own no, it, absolutely. right? Absolutely, but you know, Hollywood's selling an image. Can you imagine having to do that for kind of race or someone's skin color? Yeah. Like things that you just can't change. I think a lot of people would love a lead compositor in their life in general. <laughs> I think makeup artists do a good job, but actually right. compositing would be would be amazing. How do you become, maybe not necessarily lead compositor specifically, but how do you become someone that works in VFX, in visual effects? Yeah, so I feel like when it comes to visual effects, the great thing is that it combines both art and technology. Mm -hmm. um, you definitely can't have one without the other. So it doesn't matter if you come from an art background or a tech background, if you have a passion for filmmaking, mm -hmm. if you have a passion for just visual storytelling, this is definitely the industry for you. Okay. And you yourself, do you have that arts background? Do you have your that technical background? A bit of both. I went to university studying art, studio art specifically, but I focused in photography and video production. Um, but on the side, I've always been a huge nerd. I've been like 
playing video games since like age eight. I built my first computer at like age 12. Um, and I kind of taught myself programming and scripting on the side. Wow, okay, awesome. And is that something you did along the side when you were 12, kind of younger? Or is it something you've done once you've entered the industry? No, this is actually something I did ever since I was a young teen um, because Ever since a young age, I've been a huge Spice Girls fan. Oh, wow. So okay. very much girl power <laughs> since a very young age. Um, but I built a fan website, you know, awesome. which okay. was, you know, you make the graphics and yeah. you do some HTML and like mm-hmm. CSS behind. And yeah, that was kind of like my kick of just like, ooh, this is fun, where it's a mix of both, tar- you know, technology and art. So you were that self-described kind of nerdy person. But Absolutely. you studied arts at university. So take me through the choices and the decisions going from nerdy to art person. Yeah. I mean, the thing was, like, I, like I said, I was very nerdy. I was very much, like, focusing on maths and sciences um, throughout high school. And I even took a computer science class in high school because my school offered that. Mm-hmm. And as I'm taking all these programming classes, I'm like all right, I can do this, but it's like, you know, you're just staring at text all the time. And I'm a very <laughs> visual person. Yeah. And so I wanted to see the results. Okay. And I felt like programming didn't quite give me the visual results I wanted to. Mm. But I saw that, like, you know, creating websites, like, I can see the results. And so I was trying to look for something that was more, you know, within the digital realm, but mm. more visual. Mm. And so that's where I landed upon more, like, video and photography, um, which is a great foundation for, um, you know, filmmaking in general. Yeah. Because um, you're dealing with, you know, a lot of just like how things are lit, how things are composed, and just like overall using your eye to, you know, figure out what is the way you want to portray its story. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was women in VFX right. and kind of showcasing these stories of women like yourself, women who work across industry, who've got lots of different backgrounds, doing lots of different things in video form and being able to share their stories, but also talk about what it is that they've done, like the cool things that they've created. What have been the coolest things you've learned as part of that that initiative, that campaign? Um, and what are you excited to see as you continue on it? So I started Women in Visual Effects around around the summer of 2016, which was basically, this was when I was still living in San Francisco right before the 2016 election, so Mm -hmm. Trump versus Hillary. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just very motivated to get the stories out there of women in our industry. Like I personally identify as a queer woman of color. Mm -hmm. And to me, representation absolutely matters. And it's so important. And I've always wanted to see more representation in media. And so, I was born and raised in Hawaii, which is a very diverse state. It's a melting pot of like different cultures and different <laughs> um, ethnicities. Moved to LA for university, also a melting pot of different cultures. And then I moved up to San Francisco, which I thought would be the same as well, and stepped into the Lucasfilm offices and it was like, whoa, mm. this is not diverse. <laughs> I am not seeing people that reflect me whatsoever. Um, but the thing was, that was my first impression as I stepped in. As I started working in industry longer, I realized there actually are people of color, women, LGBT folks who, again, like I mentioned, they're not in the limelight of Mm, everything. mm. But they're talented, they're amazing, and their stories needed to be heard. Mm. And clearly, you know, with the 2016 elections, it didn't quite go in a direction that I hoped for. And, you know, I felt like we actually went backwards as a country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of that, I felt like even more that their voices needed to be heard. So I started interviewing people at 
ILM, specifically women in all these supervisor positions. And it's like, these women have made it. They're, they, they're here. They're here. Yeah, and yeah. they're doing some of the best, biggest projects you can think of. Mm. And to hear their stories, especially like the ones that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years, yeah. and how what they've had to go, go through to get mm. to the point that they're at now, it was just, you know, incredible. And I think it might have been because of the, you know, emotions of the 2016 elections. There was just a lot said and a lot of emotions that were put through mm. um, that I was very surprised about. I remember interviewing one supervisor and at one point she just broke down mm. and we and we cut the camera. And she just like straight up told me that she she has two daughters. And she's not sure this is an industry she would ever want to tell her daughters to get into just because of all the stuff that she had, she had to go through. You know, hearing stories like that, that makes me want to change what our current industry is like. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. It, it shouldn't be like that. Exactly. I think the more we talk about it on things like this and the more we can bring it up in our workplace environment, the better we can make the environment for future generations and the more of us that are there in the workforce and they're in those environments right do come and join us in this vfx party yeah absolutely <laughs> if you're listening looking for a new new, new project job. a new direction a yep. new thing to do um do come and join us um, and there are all kinds of things you can look out for and so you studied that at, at university the, the mm -hmm. art side was it something you then immediately went off into kind of into the vfx industry were there other things that you did is it that you kind of you graduate and you're like day one hey i'm ready let's go um i mean what, what do we know when we're in university <laughs> right i mean i i felt like because i had a web development background mm -hmm. i thought that's what i was going to get into but the thing was i actually went to university down in los angeles okay. and so that basically exposed me oh, to the Hollywood, Hollywood exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, the thing was like, you know, throughout my university career, I applied for internships and I got positions both in web development, but then I started moving towards um, motion graphics, which mm -hmm. is, you know, manipulation of 2D images in an animated way. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of led me into my first job, which was at Deluxe, which was doing um, motion graphics for DVD menus. Back in the days of DVDs. We remember those. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the DVD thing that kind of bounced around yeah, the screen. Was exactly. that you? It was. That's amazing though. It's worth shouting. I'm like, how many kids still remember DVD menus as a thing, right? Like all the older kids remember right, DVD. Right, yeah, the exactly. really, really old kids remember DVD. That's so funny. Yeah. You could sit and watch that for hours. Oh, absolutely. We did we always put in a little Easter eggs here and yeah. there and just like made it so it's like, you know, it's a game essentially. <laughs> before you watch your movie, you yeah. can like see all these extra features. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that like your proudest moment from your from your career, would you say? I mean, Actually, the Shaun of the Dead UMD was probably my okay. proudest moment. It was a fun little because we we illustrated all these zombies and like made the menu like you're playing a first person shooter. <laughs> if we were going to sum up your journey into VFX, mm -hmm. 
and what you know now as a lead and for anyone maybe wanting to make the switch who's inspired by if not Hollywood they're inspired by BAFTA or whatever they're kind of or Nollywood or Bollywood what would you say are the kind of main skills that someone would need if they're wanting to enter into the industry yeah so like I said before I feel like when it comes to visual effects it goes back down to the basis basics of just like filmmaking right mm -hmm. so like filmmaking and cameras mm -hmm. right so we're trying to recreate reality in a digital world and a lot of that happens through a camera lens mm -hmm. and so if you learn how cameras work if you learn how lighting affects objects lighting affects environments um that is always a great way to start into visual effects but that's if you want to be an artist in visual effects um, the, the great thing about visual effects, though, is that you can get into that industry in using a whole bunch of different skill sets. Mm -hmm. Like I have colleagues who have PhDs in physics. Mm -hmm. well, I have other colleagues who used to like restore frescoes in churches, okay. you know. And so you can be science oriented, you can be art oriented, or you can even just be someone who's just like really organized and passionate about the production of film, mm -hmm. you know. And if you want to be a producer, you can be a visual effects producer as well. So your background can vary. It doesn't have to be specifically like what I was talking about, um, which is the great thing about visual effects. So it's like, if you want to get into filmmaking, if you love these like big blockbuster films, whether it be like Star Wars or anything Marvel, you know, like you can definitely get into it with a wide range of skill sets. And would you say that someone kind of comes to it with the skills they already have and then learns as they go? Or is it that actually you might want to do a little bit of prep work and kind of learn to code if you're an artist or if you're on the more development side, you want to kind of learn a little bit more about the art of filmmaking? How open is the industry? I mean, the industry is super open. And what I've learned is that everyone who's in the industry is super passionate about the industry mm -hmm. and wants to teach and learn more. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say it's great to have that background skill, mm -hmm. but it's not absolutely necessary. I feel like if you have the drive, if you have the passion, you will find the people who mm. will be willing to teach you these things along the way. Time for a break. Send me a message using the hashtag, hashtag Women Take Charge, and please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts. You're at Lucasfilm, which means that there's lots of things that you're working on that you can tell us. <laughs> lots of things you're working on that you can't tell us. What's What's been, other than the DVD one, which is the highlight of your career, as a lead compositor or at Lucasfilm, what's been the most exciting thing that you've got to work on? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely been a lot of exciting projects that I've worked on. I think one of the highlights was definitely working on Black Panther. My son, it is your time. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I'm the only one who's seen it and made it out alive. Wow, uh, I love that film. Yeah, um, it was. You know, we we Lucasfilm ILM has had a strong partnership with Marvel mm -hmm. um, since the beginning with mm -hmm. the first Iron Man, um, and we got to work on Black Panther, which was great. Um, but what I loved the most was that um, Ryan Coogler, the director, mm -hmm. who's from Oakland originally, mm -hmm. Bay Area, <laughs> um, he was very adamant about making sure that his crew, cast and crew, were you know 
a reflection of society. So a diverse cast. Yeah. Um, And one thing we struggle in the visual effects industry is that it's it's not very equal. It's not very diverse. Um, But somehow on Black Panther, we were able to get a pretty diverse crew. Do you think it was the coolness of the of the brief? Do you feel like it was the storyline that lent itself to getting you that diverse crew? I mean, I think it was, a, you know, a lot of it comes from top down, right? Like okay. the fact that the director was very adamant. That it was a priority. It, that was a priority for Right, him. okay, yeah. I think that trickled down. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I, I think this was the first time I actually worked on a project where I was all like, oh, we have people of color as leads <laughs> and supervisors, yeah. you know, which is Where have you rare. been all my life? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is like, you know, they do exist. We do exist. Mm. And everyone's super talented. But the thing is, they're rarely the ones who are in the limelight. They're not the ones who are featured in the behind the scenes kind of things. Mm. And I think being able to see that change happen within our industry, both visual effects and Hollywood, mm. was such a, just personally for me, it was such a like hurrah moment. Mm-hmm. Just because for me growing up, I, I've always felt like there's been such a lack of, okay. you know, people of color women of color being represented have you felt like the only quite a lot in, in a lot of those rooms absolutely yeah and, you know i still do quite often okay um and that's you know a, a hard topic to breach because you know mm. there's there's definitely a push for that change okay but whether or not that change is coming in that timely fashion that you know one would hope that's that's the hard part and it there's a push you're saying from the top down kind of in the in certain places in certain places yeah, yeah. but not across everywhere do you yeah. feel like there's enough of a pull so do you feel like it's something that enough people want to do it's definitely been a hot topic right like mm. especially what what i'll say is like the nice thing about visual effects being both art and technology is that you have comparing comparing um, industries, right? You have Hollywood and you have the tech industry. Mm. And they've been very much at the forefront of like, you know, things like the Me Too movement. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of the topics regarding just like... Equity, equality. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we would hold because that's at the forefront that it would also reflect in the visual effects industry as well. But the problem is it it... It hasn't, you know, there hasn't been much change and there's still a very strong boys club going on. Um, not to say that these people are horrible people. It's just, you know, it's been a it's societal. The culture. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's the culture and it's been the norm and it's yeah. something that needs to be changed. I think what what strikes me about it is that it is that breach, that kind of uh, the combination of the two. Right. So it surprises me that if if we say, you know, a lot of people don't go into tech because they don't have the STEM backgrounds. Yep. And then that implies that people you know have non-step backgrounds which, which might be art might be humanities might be a number of different things then that would mean that for v- something like vfx that sits in between the two you've got the lay of the land you've got the pick of everyone you've right. got all kinds but then if you add that it's hollywood then it's something's even more visual maybe right. um although sometimes it 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 is that kind of thing of like the moustache like that becomes a big thing that then it's like oh gosh yeah someone actually sat and did that and removed a moustache from frame by frame yeah right Um, so then that shines a light on those people but also like you're saying it's behind the scenes so sometimes there's not even the connection to say I love Hollywood this is something I can get involved in and be a part of I mean I think the the strongest you know issue we have is that you know people see we're using computers mm. to make these images mm. computer equals tech so mm. you know girls by default will be like oh that's a techie thing i, I can't get into it mm. um which is a complete you know you know they should 
look beyond something that. Wrong with, something wrong yeah. with our social norm, really. Exactly. That, that, that's told them that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the VFX. I think the other side I have to say, so obviously I run Stamets. I, I work with mm-hmm. the girls and young women. Um, two events ago, so earlier this year, a parent came up to me and said, Amory, Amory, you need to help me out. My daughter really wants to be an animator. And she said that, you know, people get paid to do that and yeah. it's a good thing to do. And I mean, is she lying? Is that true? Is that something I should be supporting her to do? And I Absolutely. was like, yeah, you yeah. definitely should. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually had that issue myself right like when I was declaring my major at university mm-hmm. and I told my parents I'm like I'm gonna be an art major my dad was like no you're not no you're not you're you're not gonna be selling paintings at, on the streets and I'm all like that, that's not what I said no. I'm gonna do you know so it's it's a lot of you know just education and advocacy of like you know there's more to art than just what people think of you know the poor artists you know that's what I love about technology right like it it's ever evolving mm. and because it's ever evolving your art is ever evolving as well so i i like that i'm in an industry that's constantly trying to innovate whatever mm. the new greatest thing is going to be next i wanted to talk a little bit with you although it's kind of tangential rather than kind of squarely within your industry deep fakes because there's something that is hitting the headlines quite a lot and i and i know it's something that's that people are afraid of people are frightened of it's been headline grabbing and it's kind of, again, shone a light. What are the other altruistic ends? What are the other socially beneficial things that we're seeing coming out of VFX and the future of VFX? The thing with machine learning is, you know, everyone wants to jump on it. And don't get me wrong, we've definitely jumped on it as an industry as well. Mm. Um, you know, we've always needed to create digital doubles. Mm-hmm. You know, actors definitely cannot be flown around in space or, you know... <laughs> you know, thrown in the air by a giant robot. Shh, don't tell them. Don't tell them that. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've we've done digital scans of actors. And, you know, the, it's always been, you know, a, a point to make sure that these actors know what yeah. is happening with their digital doubles. Right. So, you know, there's, there's this level of consent, which is expected. I think the problem with a lot of the deepfake being used these days is there is no consent, mm. right? You know, they're using people's faces and bodies without their permission Mm. and using it in ways for their own agendas, Mm. right? I think, you know, there are many different historical things that we can possibly preserve and archive if we're able to recreate, you know, certain imagery. Because, like, we lose things like film, right? Like, Mm. let's say a president or a prime minister has an important speech and you have a film Mm. of it, but it's been so degraded over time. And if you're trying to recreate it, that's a lot of, like, painting artists you know that you need to use to um recreate it Mm. but for machine learning if we can provide you know photos Mm. of these officials and recreate it in a way so that we can present you history Mm. in a clear and accurate way i think that's a good thing yeah Yeah. it's a good thing thank you very much Charmaine, for coming and recording this you're welcome um, and I would like to formally announce your bid for an Oscar. I think this is a thing. You <laughs> heard day, it here yes. first. It will happen. I am working for it that. It is coming. She will be a supervisor. She will be on the noms. And if any of you ever happen to be part of that judging panel, then vote for Charmaine because she's awesome and she's Thank removed you. apple boxes <laughs> from people. <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Lucasfilm for letting us have her as well. And ILM. Yes. This is Women Tech Charge. Subscribe and rate wherever you get your podcasts.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.